0: Rough day at the office. You can say that. <laughs> to
1: you your dad and me,
0: you are our baby from the moment of conception.
1: We are paying you to be a perfect instrument of corporate policy. We are an abortion provider. I can't be a part of this anymore. Everything that they told us is a lie. The movie is called Unplanned, and this is a pro-life movie that's going to be hitting Canadian theaters. I think the date is July 12th. And um, it's all about the issue of abortion from the view of pro-life. And, of course, this is the topic of the day in the United States, but it certainly fueled a lot of hysterical debate in this country. Even though Andrew Scheer has stated very clearly he's not opening up this issue. And yet, you know, folks are losing their minds. And it's gotten so rabid that we can't really even discuss the issue without someone losing their marbles, which I happen to think is wrong. I think there's a lot of room for conversation on both sides. And I say that as someone who is and has always been pro-choice. But I think we should be having conversations about this. And so this movie, which is uh, American produced, is going to be hitting 24 Canadian theaters starting July 12th. And it tells a story of a Planned Parenthood clinic director in Texas who turns pro-life after the day she saw something that she says changed everything. Um, and given, of course, the nature of this film, I don't think it should come as any surprise to anyone that it's being met with a lot of criticism. Critics uh, want to try to have it banned. The Abortion Rights Coalition of Canada calls it, quote, a dangerous piece of anti-abortion propaganda that contains vicious falsehoods that demonize abortion. So why bring the American film here? What is the appetite here? Let's ask. Joyce Arthur is an executive director of the Abortion Coalition of Canada. Hi, Joyce. Hi, Alex. Thanks for having me. So this movie, why will it play to Canadian audiences? What is the, the hook here for Canadian audiences?
0: Well, I don't think there is much of a hook, actually. I think this um, movie is more designed to appeal to a niche audience, which is basically the anti-choice movement and um, maybe members of uh, uh, conservative churches and things like that. Uh, I mean, for example, they're doing buyouts of uh, movie theaters here in Canada. And um, so it might do well for that small audience. And it's only showing in about 24 theaters across Canada. It does not have a wide release. Many of these theaters are small independent theaters. So, um, and I agree with what you said about, you know, we shouldn't, uh, you know, lose our marbles over this whole issue. Um, I mean, the US is a very different country than Canada. Um, We're not really in danger of having um, anti abortion laws passed here. We need to focus on things like improving access. We do still have a lot of problems there. So what I think this movie does, the problem with it is, is that it uh, it has a lot of falsehoods in it. It demonizes abortion providers. It's an attack on women's rights, which is really a non-starter in Canada because women have uh, this fundamental right to access abortion. It is health care. It's it's fundamental to exercising their charter rights. So that's not going to change up here. And and I don't think... uh, the movie will make a huge difference because uh, I don't think the public is really uh, going to be seeing this movie. I mean, it's, uh, um, all the reviews in the U.S. have been uniformly bad, and I've heard it's like a, a TV movie, so I don't think the quality is going to uh, you know, win at any general audience fans.
1: However, it is getting play in bigger theaters like Cineplex, so it will get an audience, and, and, and you know, we've seen in the last few years, I think there's a younger uh, population growing up, and there are people in younger generations who are actually uh, changing their views on this issue and pro-life. Let me ask you this. If there wasn't such a religious component to this particular issue, do you think people would be more open-minded to discussing both sides of it?
0: Um, I don't know. It's a good question. I think the vast majority of people who are anti-choice are coming at it from a religious point of view. So if religion was taken out of it, I don't think it would be an issue at all. And if you look at other countries in the world, um, for example, some countries in Western Europe have a very low religiosity uh, abortion is not really a big issue for them there, and uh, I think it's only when you have uh, um, a large amounts of religious people that suddenly abortion becomes a big issue. So, um, I don't think it's something that, I mean, in terms of debating both sides, uh, uh, there isn't really a lot of common ground because they're kind of talking past each other. Uh, The anti-choice movement just believes that women should be having babies and that's their purpose in life. And uh, the pro-choice movement believes in uh, human rights and that um, women um, can do things with their lives besides just having babies and um, our rights as full human beings are protected under the Charter.
1: But there are areas we can discuss. I mean, it wasn't until I had my own child that I you know evolved on the issue I'm still pro-choice however I do think there are areas certainly in Canada that need to be talked about you know we should not be allowing um, abortions of, of certain sexes of baby we can't yet talk about that because it becomes too politicized um, and, and the issue of late term abortion I mean there are areas I think that can be improved the problem is people don't listen because they get so threatened by any talk of, of change at all
0: well, abortion is a healthcare procedure. There's not, we don't need any laws around it in Canada. Women don't have to state the reason for abortion, and uh, the sex selection issue. I mean, it's such a low, low rate, if any, uh, in Canada where that happens, and uh, it's 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 kind of a non-issue in a way. It, it's it's being made into an issue by the anti-choice movement. Do we have data of how
1: of the numbers of how many? I mean, I know there are issues culturally in so in certain cultures that that do this more than others.
0: Uh, very small numbers. I, I can't tell you off the top of my head, but it's something like when some families, only a small number of families, say in a in an ethnic group, there's third child. If they have already had two daughters, they're more likely to have a son the next time. But there's so many other issues involved. It's a very complex issue, and we can't. Uh, I think focusing on ethnic groups is is, is a bit racist because um, I think there's there's also data that shows that uh, lots of um, parents might make decisions. On, on the sex of the child, they might want a girl and not a boy, and the whole sex-based issue comes down to just discrimination against uh, against the, the girl child, and that's what we have to tackle. It's not abortion is not the problem. That's just one aspect of it. It's the fact that women are discriminated against, and people prefer in some cultures might prefer a boy boy child, and so that's the attitude and the stigma that we have to attack.
1: Right, but again, it's a conversation we can't have because. To even have that would suggest that we're all of a sudden taking away rights. That's my, my concern is we really can't talk about it. You and I can talk about it. Um, but at large, even to bring up the discussion seems to just be so polarizing these days, especially with what's going on in the United States.
0: Well, I don't know if I agree. I mean, these issues come up for debate um, every few years, it seems like. And they are talked about. There's articles written and people are talking about something in the media. So I don't know if I agree with you there.
1: In what in what way? You don't think it's a polarizing issue?
0: Well, sure, it's polarizing. But as I said, the anti-choice movement and the pro choice movement don't have common ground that they can actually discuss. And I'll give you one example. Um, most anti-choice people, and certainly anti-choice groups in Canada, are against contraception. So
1: not not all, yeah, yeah. No, no I, 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 get, I get that there are big differences. But I do actually, I think that's a bit presumptuous. And I say that because... I I can have a conversation about this without getting emotional about it because I'm that uh, confident in in the rules in place and the access. But for whatever reason, not everyone's like that. They get very uh, upset and then it's almost like this hysterical, well, this is going to be taken away from us. It, it's not. I just, I think there's still room to have the conversation without, you know, uh, screaming and yelling about it.
0: Well, I don't think there's a lot of screaming and yelling going on, but I think people also are feeling uh, afraid for their rights. I mean, it, it is a very personal thing, mm-hmm. and um, it's, I think it's personal for a lot of people. But um, but well, it's used people... it's
1: used though as a political wedge. I mean, you you hear it. I mean, Andrew Shear's been very very clear about this. He's not opening it up. Stephen Harper was very clear. He's not opening it up. He had a lot of time to do that, um, and yet every you know, election cycle, we get into this and it gets used and politicized and weaponized almost. And I, I, think, that's, I think that's a very dangerous road to go, under, uh, to, go, could, to go down on this issue.
0: Well, I think abortion is an issue that needs to be paid attention to by the political parties. And it's not enough for uh, Sheer to say he's not going to reopen the debate or not going to legislate or whatever. They need to do more to actually improve access to abortion. There's a lot of problems across Canada. So that's the debate that we should be having.
1: Yeah, well, sure, you can have the debate. But again, I say you can have a debate, but you can't really have the debate because it's shut down and weaponized. As soon as anyone says, well, here, let's do it this way or maybe we can do that. What I'm saying is the conversation's hard to have uh, right now in the current climate.
0: I think it's because it is an issue of basic fundamental human rights for women and maybe people don't get that. And what the anti-choice movement is attacking is doing is attacking those rights. They want to remove that right from women. They want to remove equality rights from women. And that is not right. And people do take it very personally. And and there's no reason why we should put up with that.
1: So when this movie hits theaters in Canada, um, are there any protests planned? Or is there any uh, thought of, of pulling the plug on this?
0: Um I think uh, I've heard that some theatres have been reluctant to uh, show it because of the possibility of protests. I can't give you any names, but I've uh, heard that some have kind of shied away from it. Um, Others have kind of welcomed it, partly because possibly the owners of the theatres themselves agree with the anti-choice viewpoint. Um, There might be a few um, ad hoc kind of protests that are organized by local people on the ground. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our group is not particularly organizing anything. Uh, but, if people want to do that that 's fine uh, at this point it's probably too late to stop the movies from being played. Um, but if people want to protest outside, I think it 's good to draw public attention to the fact that this movie is propaganda, and um, it is it does have some falsehoods and some demonization of abortion providers in it and My fear is that you know um, some of the people that see it um, it, it raises the risk of, of harassment of Uh, providers and possibly even violence. That's what I worry about.
1: Well, we'll have to wait and see uh, if that, in fact, results. But I thank you for uh, joining me, Joyce. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Alex. That is Joyce Arthur on Global News Radio.